it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Out of This World, episode three. I'm your host, Jamie Hanshaw, and this is my co-host, Kristen Lagan. And tonight we are going to talk about the character of Enoch. Are you ready for that? I'm, I'm down for it. I've always been intrigued by old Enoch lore. Yeah, so Enoch is so interesting because, well, the book is a non-canonical book. It's scholars have dated it around the fourth or third century BCE. So the fragments have come to us from antiquity. Mm -hmm. And it is a ancient Hebrew religious text that the Bible references, but it is not part of canonized scripture. But it but is was it at one point? It is part of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church canon of scripture. Yes, which I'm curious, and maybe I don't know why, but like why doesn't the Russian or Greeks or any other Orthodox Christianity arms follow it and just the Ethiopian does? Um, Because there is a part eventually, I think in book three, where Enoch is declared the Messiah. Mm. And so they, obviously that's heretical. Mm -hmm. And they condemned it. But a lot of the church fathers talk about the book of Enoch and they reference it. And we'll get into exactly who and what. Um, so this book is considered, how do you say this? Pseudopigrapha. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Pseudopigrapha. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that's a big is, word. Yeah. That's a $5 word. Um, it's a book ascribed to a person, but not written by them. So this, you can think of it as like fan fiction or, uh, a spinoff basically mm-hmm. of Genesis. And the one that I read is just this little translation here. Yep. It's not too long. It's about a hundred short chapters and then the explanation and um, talking about where they found it and everything. So it's not too, too long, but it is packed with weird stuff, Mm -hmm. right? 
It is. Yeah. It's a fascinating book. It is so Um, interesting. And I know that you have been listening to a podcast um, that kind of goes into that. Do you remember what it was called? The Lord of Spirits? Yes. That's the one. Yeah. How's that been going? Uh, I mean, Lord of Spirits is just, they'll tackle a lot of different um, subjects and uh, I've learned a lot from that podcast, especially as someone who's a catechumen who loves history. Um, I also love Old Testament. So I know that that's kind of like a geeky thing, like, oh, I, I want to learn about the books of the Bible, but I really love going like super old into Old Testament and they just go there all the time. And so um, there's a few and maybe one day we can do a podcast in the future on Melchizedek because okay. he's always been a figure that I've been drawn to. Yeah. Um, we'll touch tonight on Metatron because he's a figure I've always been drawn to. Um, in a way, I felt like Metatron back in the day of my new age um, era, like I felt like he was one of my spirit guides. And so I would actually write to Metatron and I actually called him Medi. Uh, like, hey, Medi. Oh, like he's your buddy? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Hi, Medi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I literally have like love notes to Medi. Oh, um, yeah, I know. Um, but I mean, this just shows how deep uh, my interest in this kind of genealogy or the these realms, it really extends. And so I, I feel like in the new age was the first place. Um, I never learned about Metatron or um, Melchizedek in Protestant religion, like in my uh, uh non-denominational evangelical churches, um, we would like skip over it, mm-hmm. um, never like di- like dive deep. And so the book, um, I'm sorry, The Lord of Spirits, I feel like they'll just spend an entire podcast episode uh, on giving you the history and why this is and where this is about and just all types of stuff. And one of them was about um, Enoch and mm-hmm. the book of Enoch. And so I actually bought the book of Enoch right when I, probably about two years ago, and it was the first time I read it. And I'd always wanted to read it. Um, funny enough, uh, I actually, I was showing you this earlier. There's this, not a good book, but it's called The Keys, the Keys of, Enoch. of Enoch. Yes. And I actually read this one a couple of years ago. And I was like, I really should read the real book of Enoch, you know, you know, the first one. And so mm-hmm. I just never did. I like, I kept going around, uh, scooting around it. And so about two years ago, I finally read this book and it was just kind of like, whoa, okay, this is what I've been looking for. And, um, really explained to me a lot in depth about the Nephilim and the fallen angels and the giants. And it's a really fun read. Can you show us some of the pictures? Cause I know that book has a some cool artwork in it. I love that you know that. <laughs> so, yeah, I we had that in our old library. And um, I would flip through it and be like, I, I always wanted to get to it one day, but you know, there's so many books in it. Like yeah, okay, so one? you've got, this is a book that is written, what, in about 1970s? Yeah, by uh, Dr. J.J. Hurtock and uh-huh. Desir- Desiree Hurtock. Uh-huh. It's his wife. They're like a husband and wife team. But and I mean, I- this is a 
look how thick this book is. Yes, and it, it looks, looks like a Bible when you pull it off the shelf. And, and it's, it's got all, all these- channeled. Okay, it's a channel work. It's got all these crazy pictures in it. Yes, okay, so look at the, the lettering and everything in there. Um, talks about the new Atlantis, right? Like America is the next Atlantis. Oh yeah, I'll show you that picture. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like- That's okay. Being like- yeah, so that's some um, crazy new age artwork. Um, reminds me of Manly P. Hall a little bit. Well, I mean, I feel like Manly P. Hall and like this one's this one's wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, all of this stuff like holds hands together. You know, I was, I was reading Manly P. Hall and I was reading this book and I was reading um the Emerald Tablets of Toth, and they're talking about the Sphinx, and there's an an alien starship underneath the left paw. Um, uh -huh. This is my favorite photo of the entire book. It's like, like super friends. What is going on here? I know. And they they talk about the purification process, and so uh -huh. that's what's happening. Is your break? You know, that's what they state is happening. I want to show you this what you were talking about, America becoming- uh, The new Atlantis. The new, yeah. They, and if they talk about ley lines, I think in there too. Oh yeah, it's okay. like, and I actually like, when I was deep in this, there was some type of like ley line activation happening at Mammoth Cave. And a group of us like traveled up to the cave and you know, Mammoth, so where's that? Mammoth Cave? Oh, um, sorry. It's in um, Kentucky, uh, like Southern Kentucky. It's the largest oh, cave city in the world. Yeah. It's part of Cave City, but yeah. Here's one more. Crazy. Yeah. He's kind of groovy. You know, he looks like a fun time. <laughs> it looks like superheroes in there, kind of, doesn't it? Um. You know, it's just, yeah, I, sorry. Well, I mean, if you want to keep going, I, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll discover this one picture when it's okay. the least convenient time to show it, so. Okay, so that, what you're showing is the keys of Enoch, which is- Right, not the same. <laughs> but what we're talking about tonight is the book of Enoch. And um, like I said, it, it is attributed to Enoch, but not written by him. There are actually three books of Enoch. Mm -hmm. And what we're gonna talk about tonight is just the first one because the second one is sort of a retelling of the same story um, with a little bit more things thrown in, kind of like a live action Disney to the cartoon Disney. Do we think yeah. that the first, second, and third, do we think that maybe there's a, a divide between the first one and then the second and third one, like the, um, the validity one, of them? Yes. What I read about the third one was that it came uh, much, much later and was um, ascribed to a Jewish mystic. So mm -hmm. that's part of the Kabbalah and that's where they talk about right. Metatron. Yeah. The third one. Mm-hmm. So this, yeah, so the book of Enoch is so interesting because 
here's a book where Ethiopian Orthodoxy, Kabbalah, Gnosticism, Freemasons, Orthodox Jews, um, Hermetic occultists, UFO, ET lore, and New Age all converge. And so, <laughs> all my like favorite said, things. Yeah, they're all holding hands and getting things from this book. And so basically what it is doing is taking the little snippet from Genesis 6 about the sons of God and mm-hmm. fleshing it out and making the entire story about the fall of the angels from heaven and the fall of man and mm-hmm. how that all came about. So let's see. And yeah, then which- you have... I'm, I'm happy that it exists because, you know, the, the Nephilim, I mean, there's like, all we have is in uh, Genesis six, four, mm-hmm. is that the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, can I get a little bit more? Like what, what the, what in Hades is going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then you have your Renaissance occultist, John D who wrote the Enochian language after contacting these angelic beings or demonic beings, however you want to look at it. And that was in 1583. So then his successor, Elias Ashmole, was a Freemason who folded Enoch into their rites. And the character of Enoch can be found in the degree of the Royal Arch of Enoch or the Master of the Ninth Arch in the Scottish Rite. So Enoch is everywhere in the ancient world. He was mentioned by a lot of church fathers. Mm-hmm. This book, uh, where was that? Oh, this book I was flipping through and it was, she gives a lot of um, evidences of church fathers referencing the book of Enoch in their sermons. So okay, something worth reading at least, you know, even Absolutely. if it's not- canonical scripture the history of it is super interesting mm-hmm. and then you have the Enochian magic um that John Dee started that was revived with the hermetic order of the golden dawn and then Crowleyan you know who Alice Crowley is right mm-hmm. yeah so Crowleyan magic has been called neo-Enochian um, although it really doesn't even have anything to do with the content of the book of Enoch so it's something that has influenced a lot of people and then just kind of become its own thing through John D and him writing this Enochian language of the angels. Okay. So do you think, because we have Elijah and Enoch are the only two in the Bible who didn't have a a physical death um, recorded in the Bible. So Mm -hmm. And then there's this speculation that they'll reappear in Revelations. Mm-hmm. So there's this, there is like this, I feel like Enoch, for whatever reason, like we don't have the book of Elijah, you know, mm-hmm. with all these like apocalyptic stories or, you know, um, so I'm wondering like what it is about Enoch or was it just the perfect storm of the time that it was found, you know, it was discovered uh, and the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like, okay, with that finding, and then obviously we're trying to figure it all out, like maybe it was just prime time or it was 
this was the ability to be able to be like, okay, we can blend Enoch in with Hermes Tristamiscus, or Mm -hmm. like you said, like all of this um, occult pagan worship that's happening because it then gives like a Christian flair to it as well. Yes, I think that's exactly what happened. Um, Because a lot of Freemason lore comes from the characters of the Bible also. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Solomon's temple and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yes, I think that occultists take biblical characters and they kind of... Well, they mimic. They can't create. So right. They mimic them and they ascribe attributes and lore to them that might not be true but sounds interesting and Mm -hmm. goes with their um way of thinking Mm -hmm. so but enoch was a real person he was a descendant of adam he was the father of methuselah and great grandfather of noah so this is like first people Mm -hmm. um He lived 365 years, like you said, and then he didn't die because what it says, God took him. And he, okay, so he was like a super righteous guy. They said he he worked with the angels. He was some kind of scribe for the angels. And so even though it's not considered inspired, It was preserved, like you said, by the Ethiopian Orthodox and the Church Fathers, St. Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, and Tertullian used it. Um, And then, like we said before, is eventually labeled as heretical and condemned by St. Augustine and Jerome because the author deems Enoch the Messiah. Okay, but that's in the third book. Mm -hmm. So do 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 we think the first book is to be thrown out as well? I don't know. Like, I... Maybe we'll get like a, a biblical scholar or a priest or something next. Well, I've, I've brought this up in my catechumen classes because I just like bring in the heavy stuff. You know, I'm like, yeah. what about Mount Hermon? And like, what about, I mean, I know my spiritual father is like so tired of me. Cause I'm like, got a question for you today. Um, but he, he has alluded to me that the book of e- uh, Enoch um, is it's credible you know it, it explains to us the history of the giants because those were real you know mm-hmm. and it's 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 funny to me because I was talking to a friend a day or two ago and I was like yeah we're gonna the next podcast is gonna be on the book of uh, Enoch and you know about the Nephilim and they're like and these are like Christians and they're like what is that and I'm like you know like the fallen angels and they have sex with humans and then they have giants and they're like, what? I'm like, do you not watch ancient aliens? Like, oh, not yeah. that like that is part of like our church, but like at the same you time- You never like, heard of Giorgio Sukulos before? Come on, like yeah. there are like giants are like, duh, like, yes, they were real. And so I, you know, just like dinosaurs or, you know, um, so I feel like Enoch is one of those books that it's almost like um he said to me there's books that have been recognized by the church but then there's also books 
that can be read that help our spiritual path and, mm-hmm. and understanding um, godly men, you know, because Enoch was a godly man and he walked with God. And we have that in the book of the Bible, you know, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's encouraged me like, hey, read it. Ask me if you have any questions because it's not, you know, and then I didn't know there was until we started studying this. I didn't know there was Enoch two and three. I had no idea. So yeah. it's like, I'm just looking at the first book of Enoch and that's it. But um, I, I loved it. I thought it was at, from someone coming from the new age and like moving into orthodoxy. Um, it was a really good bridge for me. It was like a, it was easy for me to digest and to read and be like, oh, there's so much mystery and mysticism within this, this church. Um, and I can still read this, but also at the same time, like, I don't want to get stuck here. You know, I want to, I want to continue moving forward. And I feel like a lot of people get stuck here. Mm -hmm. It could be that I've heard it explained that the books that we have are the ones that are necessary for salvation. Mm. And maybe the book of Enoch isn't necessary for that, but it is a really useful, like you said, history history book Um, yeah i think so i mean we know that there was fallen angels we know that there were giants we know that um you know in this age of this time we know that there was the teachings of the demons to the people which is so interesting and like i had no idea how that even was presented or like thought of before I read the book of Enoch. Well, you just made me think of like uh, Sumerian texts and Babylonian texts um, talking about the Anunnaki. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and um, so those could be, you know, the same as these. They just, And here they call them the watchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Sumeria, they were called Anunnaki. And I tend to take those things as literal history because why would you spend so much time writing in stone something that was just wasn't true right and I was part of my journey was one of the first characters that I was like oh my gosh I'm learning about ancient history was the Anunnaki and you know their relationship to Egypt and Sumerian text. And it was like, oh, okay. Like this is, there's a whole lot to study out there. And so, um, and of course that was before I joined, you know, joined the Orthodox church, but at the same time, it was like, I'm really glad I have that foundational understanding of like all of these different, um, lineages with different cultures and different areas of the world that, um, it's their history and Mm -hmm. what, and I was, um, uh, I was listening to something. That, oh, sorry. I'm having like a dialogue in my head and it's like talking to each other. And I'm just saying, oh, um, I think it was Lord of Spirits. I can't remember what it was, but it was a podcast I was listening to. And it was like talking about Egypt and how, you know, these stories are really important and they're really Um, they're great, but sometimes we get stuck there and we shouldn't be stuck there because that's not our story. It's a, oh, it was Jonathan Pajot had a a recent YouTube video about it. And it was like, 
these stories are great and it's part of history. And if you love history, then great. And you understand it, but like, you can't get stuck there. And there's so many like Egyptologists and there's so many, um, Indian searching for their gurus. And these are like different stories. These are not of this age. And so it's a, it's like a trap to get stuck in these storylines because it's like, we've, we're past that. Like we've already escaped Egypt. So why are we still there trying to figure it out? Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting yeah. because I really like Egypt mythology and I love e- Egyptian history. And I still probably want to go to the pyramids one day, but like, I don't have to like live there and eat, breathe and think Egypt, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a good mm-hmm. way to put it. Um, yeah. So yeah, basically it takes the few verses from Genesis six <clears throat> about the sons of God coming down and the daughters of men. As humans we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used indeed. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And creating giants and makes an entire saga out of it. And so this is the story of the angels fall from grace and why the flood was necessary. And then again, the flood is one of those universal tales that you get in most ancient mythologies, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the stories of beings coming from another place and genetically mixing with people. You have that in very um, many ancient cultures, Sumeria, Babylonian, even uh, South American tales. And oh, yeah. Then- I love South American, uh, like the Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to go there. Probably still will go there at some point, but uh, just always that's so cool. Yeah. That sounds fun. Machu Picchu. 
Yeah. The hiking doesn't sound fun, but it sounds neat to go there. Yeah. Um, so I just thought we could kind of go through it chronologically because the book is not in chronological order. Um, it's kind of pieced together, kind of like a, a Quentin Tarantino movie or something. <laughs> it, it jumps back and forth in between. Um, so you're saying the author would have been a great modern day director. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is like a, a mystical romp through space and time. And it's quite, it is. yeah, it's quite an adventure. So the, the very first um, part of it is called the book of the watchers. And it starts out by describing the end of days and judgment day and the fate of the righteous and the wicked, which is a theme that is going to carry through the entire book mm -hmm. is the judgment of the wicked and the blessings of the saints. And then right away, it gets into, you know, at the beginning of time and the fall of angels, there were 200 angels called watchers and they were tasked with reporting on everything to God. Mm -hmm. And they became obsessed with beautiful human women. And their leader was called Samyaza, which is weird because Samyaza is one of the ETs that they talk about when you get into like ufology mm -hmm. and different um the pleiadians and the orions and all this stuff and they have arcturians, arcturians. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so there was this guy named billy meyer he's a pretty famous um contactee ufo contactee and he says that one of the aliens that he talked to was named samyaza yeah so right here <laughs> I'm thinking, well, these are just fallen angels. Like aliens are fallen angels, which me and Jay have done like a bunch of shows about that. And we have a book like this thick talking about the commonalities between the aliens that contact people and demons or fallen angels, right? Mm -hmm. So just so you, if people are following along and they have their book of Enoch, Mm -hmm. You are literally in chapter six and verse three is the Simjaza was their leader. Yes. And so, then if you go a little bit down chapter six, verse six is my personal, I love to go down this one, but they, they were all in 200, which you just said, and they descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon. Mm -hmm. This made me go down a deep dive on Mount Hermon, which is a really interesting topic as well. Okay. Where is Mount Hermon? It is north of Israel, but it's in an area that is, um, it's fought over. Um, and I want to make sure I'm not saying something wrong. Um, it's okay. So it sits in the Golan Heights in the far north of the country. Okay. Um, and then there's also this idea that is Mount Hermon actually Mount Sinai? Um, so there's a lot around Mount Hermon and like being mentioned in the Bible a lot. Like as a, I might be going out on a stretch here, but kind of as a portal where okay. spirits came in and out in, of this dimension. They So like, instead of like, you know how we think um, heaven is not there, it's here. Mm -hmm. And so we have this 
the ability to like traverse the dimensions or we don't, but you know, like spirits do. Mm -hmm. And so they would use Mount Hermon was almost like a portal to like go in and out of. And so there's a, a reference of like the gates of hell will not prevail. Um, they're referencing Mount Hermon is the gate. Um, the portal is the gate. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, Mount Hermon's always been an interest of mine. And then I was listening to the Lord of Spirits and they brought up, you know, this idea of like it being a portal and it's like you go through a door versus like going up and down. And so okay. there's probably a lot more around that to learn, but that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. That makes sense because um, a lot of times when they say gates and doorways in um, old texts, I wonder if they're talking about portals. Mm, very interesting. You know, like the gate to heaven or the gate to hell or. Yeah. So I'm like, I wonder if that's just a different word for a wormhole or something like that or a mm. portal in a, to another dimension. And that's what the magicians like. Uh, Jack Parsons and oh yeah, <laughs> Alistair Crowley and Elephant Hubbard were trying to do out in their right. magical working in the desert was open a portal, open gates or open doorways, right? Yeah, and so I think they gates. knew, like, okay, to open the portal, the portal would be open right here. It's not mm -hmm. just like you don't you have know. to travel light years away to get to right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And then, of course, they, what was it? They were trying to bring about Pan into the world or like they unleashed. They opened a gate, they said, and something flew in and I think they called it Lom. Oh, okay. Remember that thing? And he just looks like a, a gray alien. Oh, I just know that, you know, Jack Parsons was using like a prayer to Pan uh -huh. when he was in the desert and yes. so it was like okay so yeah so it was like because pan is their hidden god of all so okay. he, yes jack parsons would do rituals in the desert and that's why rocket ships are phallic and that's why old <laughs> what's his name just bezos was getting made fun of for making his oh. rocket ship look exactly like genitals because that is the point of it wow so interesting. I, yeah. It's so interesting. So Semyaza takes them all to Mount Hermon and they all swear an oath. And he's like, um, you know, if, if we don't all do this, we're going to get in trouble. So it's either all of us or, or nothing. And we're going to do this thing. We're going to go down and get some human wives, get some <laughs> girlfriends and get some babes. Yes. And so it names- I wonder how hot the women were back then. Probably. They must've been like super duper hot. Yeah. Well, I think women have always been <laughs> Who knows? They've always been irresistible and beautiful and hot. Yeah, seriously. So it, it names the captains of the watchers and their names all end in like L because L is like an angelic name. Raphael, oh, Gabriel. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, those are the good angels, Raphael, Gabriel, Michael, the archangels. But so in this book, it names like the captains of the watchers mm -hmm. and they came down and they defiled the women sexually somehow. 
Um, and they also, it says they taught them charms, enchantments, roots, and plants. So they're giving them all this technology, which I think that that's still happening today. I think people are channeling things and allowing things and opening portals to get technology that we use mm-hmm. still. Because when you think about it, the creation of the television was this guy named Crooks, and he was in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, and he created the cathode ray tube because he wanted to communicate with beings on the other side, kind of like oh, wow. an electronic Ouija board. So that's how we got television, was them trying to communicate with spirits. Wow. And so they gave birth to the giants. So they, they got their wives and... You know, to that point, though, I think it's kind of funny. It says in Chapter 7... And all of the others together with them took upon themselves wives and each chose for themselves one. Uh-huh. And they began to go on, go in unto them and defile themselves with them. But I think it's funny that they believed in monogamy. <laughs> they just got one. <laughs> they just got one. And it's a very clear that they chose one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's funny. At least they weren't having harems. Yeah. I mean... Right? It could have been worse, I guess. Yeah, yeah, could have been worse. So the children that these women had were grew up to be the Nephilim, right? Mm-hmm. The giants. And they were just going around devouring everything. They were eating all the people. They were eating all the animals, even to the point where it says they sinned against the animals by eating too many of them. Then they turned on each other. They became, um, can't say that word eaters of each other and blood drinkers so you have these crazy gigantic monsters yes half angel half human monsters running around the world and i don't know how tall exactly it says like l's or something i don't know that measurement but maybe they someone could look it up if they're interested like how tall exactly were these giants but they were pretty freaking huge And yeah. then you, you have one particular watcher named Azazel, and he's the one that taught the humans metallurgy, jewelry, makeup, and astrology. All right, let's talk about that. Yeah. So last time we were talking about makeup and toxic products and chemicals, and people were kind of like, well, why do you even wear makeup anyways? And you said yourself it was uh, taught by the fallen angels. And that's just kind of, what would you call it? Like problematic because <laughs> they taught so much stuff that we still use today. Right. Jewelry, is that satanic? Is weapons, swords? I mean, they, they taught them how to, um, what's that called? Smithing? What is it? Like sm- smithing? When you do metals, metalsmith, or no? Oh, um, you know. oh my gosh. Yeah. I, <laughs> so. Metal. It's, I don't know. It just says metallurgy. Okay. But wow, they taught I can't them how believe to make I'm... weapons and how to wage war. So are those things uh, not 
I also think, obviously, this was an age that may have not been ready for the wisdom that the, the people just weren't ready for this wisdom. Yes. And so from age to age, and we even say that in our prayers, you know, like, you know, age to age. And um, this age, I think the wisdom was brought about prematurely. And yeah. so we live in a different age now. And so um, what I I think I was talking to you about is like, you know, back then they didn't have the difference between astrology and astronomy. It just was like, oh, here are the stars and this is how they move. And that probably, you know, that wisdom helped with charting the seas and understanding the moon patterns and how to farm properly. And so this wisdom was eventually going to come about as we evolved as humans, but it was just premature. Doesn't mean it's bad. That's exactly right. And that is the argument of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, people say, well, why exactly. would, wouldn't God want you to know those things? And it's like he did. He just didn't, you weren't ready. Mm -hmm. Humanity as a species was just born and they weren't ready for that download of information. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of things that we'll never know in this lifetime. We're mm -hmm. just unable to understand it. Um, in this physical body, mm -hmm. but, uh, most of us, I mean, maybe there's like a saint or a clairvoyant saint or something that is able to see things that we commoners can't see, but like at the same time, it's like, this is, and that's what, um, I think I wanted to definitely share is like, when you look up at the stars and you have respect for the creation of God, that is not inherently evil. You know, it's like now if you use it to predict your future or other people's future, if there's like this element of, um, you know, evil within it, then of course it's being manipulated and used for evil. Um, but at the same time, like makeup, I put sparkles on my eyelids today um, just yeah. for this. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but like it literally talks about, you know, they taught how to women how to put metal on their eyelids like why would you do that mm -hmm. but i guess that was a thing maybe like in war they would poke people's eyes out and if there was metal over it they couldn't get hmm i don't know uh you made me think of something that we're gonna bring up in a second what did you just say poking eyeballs out no. uh eyeshadow Oh, the stars. Okay, so oh, the, stars. Um, the third part of the first book of Enoch is all about the luminaries and the heavenly bodies. And it talks about how those are affected by the fall of man. Mm. So let's uh, not get ahead of ourselves and we'll get there. Where were we? Okay, so the giants, the Nephilim, were so bad that the four archangels appeal to God on behalf of humanity suffering right mm -hmm. and they capture azazel and they bury him in the desert until judgment day and it says the fallen angels will never be forgiven for what they did so this is super serious and it is very sobering that there are some things that you can do and transgressions that you do that will damn you forever 
and I, I think about that a lot and I try, you know, to be pious and go to church and lead a good life and things because I, I literally am scared of outer darkness. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I do not want to be anathema to the church. That sounds terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. I do not want to be shut out of the kingdom. That's the worst thing that could ever happen to you. But these beings, these fallen angels will never be forgiven. So that is super frightening. So when I was reading this book that really tripped me up because I was like, why? Cause Enoch like pleads to God. I think he takes a letter to God or some message to God that the fallen angels gave Enoch. And maybe am I getting ahead of myself? No, go ahead. Cause we're almost right there in my notes. So say, okay. I just remember reading this and I was like, oh, I feel like they are really sorry. Like, Mm. I feel like they really want forgiveness. And like, they're pleading with Enoch, like, please go to God for us and please ask for permission for us to come back. And God's like, no, you can't. And I'm like, what? Like, why would God do that? I've heard it explained a couple of ways. Like the angels had their test and- Mm-hmm. They were closer to God and they knew all of these secrets of the universe and they knew about God and they could see him face to face and they still chose to disobey. Mm-hmm. So it's like a different level of um, responsibility. Yeah. It's not like we have free will, but obviously they had free will, but they also maybe had a different level of like. Accountability. I don't know. Yeah. I think. At, at- I think they're more accountable because they knew more. Yeah. And also they're not human, you know, they're angels. And so is there an aspect within that, that like God came down. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply became human so that we can have forgiveness. We are forgiven. Um, so we don't have to experience that. But at the same time, I, I feel like the angels, you know, there's a different makeup or I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of tripped up on that one. Mm. Yeah, they're definitely different species under different types of rules. I've heard it explained that part of the reason why Lucifer was jealous is because God was going to incarnate as a man. And that made him angry. I've heard it said that way. Hmm, okay. So Enoch, 
he was a righteous man and he was also a scribe for the angels. So he, like you said, he goes and tries to intercede on behalf of the watchers. Um, he makes a petition for them because they can no longer look at or talk to God because of their transgression. So they mm-hmm. were able to see him before they had done this thing. And then after they were so ashamed that they couldn't even be in God's presence, God says, no, Um, He says that the appetites for earthly things was not meant for the angels and that wise were given to human men only um, to help them tame their passions and not for angels. So apparently like, seems like if an angel gets a taste for uh, sexual things or food or pleasures of um, this earthly life, they just can't handle it. Like they just devour everything like the Nephilim were doing. Mm. Also, if you think about it, like we're children of God and these angels who know this, um, the mysteries came down and intentionally brought evil upon the children of God. Mm -hmm. So it's like, It's like, I feel like the angels and the humans are judged in different ways. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I definitely, yeah. I think humans are judged a little um, more gently because they're still like in a childlike state of evolution for want of a better word in their mm-hmm. consciousness. I don't know. We're just two girls trying to figure it out. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> We're not biblical scholars or anything. We just talk about weird stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure somebody's listening right now and is like, oh. I, I know gosh, somebody's listening girl. and like, knows the answers to every single one of these. <laughs> like, go ahead, fire them away. Like, send them over. Like, yeah, we're ready. comments and I'll post them or post them on the YouTube video. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, help us out. Yeah. So, the, the giants that came, or the Nephilim, that were produced of the spirits and the flesh became evil spirits on the earth. So now you have a whole different class mm-hmm. of beings that are not dead, but they work to afflict man and work destruction on them because they're half human. So I don't know if these are considered demons or are fallen angels demons or... I just, I have a lot of questions about. Yeah. And also there's definitely a a hierarchy of angels and Mm -hmm. demons. So Mm -hmm. it's like where, obviously if we're going to go like good evil, like this is in the evil category. So like, Mm -hmm. where do they fall? Or is there a middle, is there a middle like spectrum? (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird because, um, the, Part of the punishment for the watchers was to have the Nephilim, their children, killed in front of them. Mm. And to add extra woe to what they had done and created these abomination of beings. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's why their punishment was so severe is because they made this being that was not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like a Frankenstein type yes. story. It also reminds me of like AI, like robots. Mm -hmm. Like, are we creating a new type of Nephilim on earth? We're going to talk about the very end when we talk about the wheats. 
All right. Okay. Okay. So that was like the beginning of that. That was the book of the watchers. And then um, in chapter 17, it goes on to Enoch's journeys through earth and Sheol, which is kind of like a hell. And this is Mm -hmm. very, (laughs) the mystical romp. And it's very like Lord of the Ringsy. When you're reading it, it's just like this crazy saga of visions he goes to outer and inner space and the wastelands where some fallen angels are imprisoned because they led men astray and taught them to sacrifice to demons as gods and the women that married them it says became sirens oh it also talks about the river of fire Mm -hmm. which we talk about in orthodoxy all the time and Mm -hmm. you know once you die but it's and I came to a river of fire in which the fire flows like water and discharges itself into the great sea towards the West. Mm-hmm. There you go. And this is also where you get the idea of seven heavens. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then he goes to this like chaos nightmare dimension where everything is chaotic. And it kind of reminded me of like Hellraiser. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. How it uh, looks in, in the other in the other realm. The, the Hellraiser dimension. Yeah. So he talks about there's seven angels in the chaos dimension who and they he calls them stars and they're imprisoned there for ten thousand years. Wow. And then he sees another fiery hellscape with more imprisoned angels. Um, he sees Sheol, which is like the underworld with hollow spaces filled with the spirits of dead men separated by degrees of righteousness versus wicked so he's being like carried around by angels and shown all of Mm -hmm. the mysteries of the universe basically like every place there is to go and the beings that inhabit it are being shown to enoch yeah and i kind of love how you know he'll say uriel one of the holy angels uh, came and showed me, the, took me to this, took me to this place. Yeah, and uh, allowed me to see this vision. And it was like, um, and Enoch is always asking for the truth, and they always say, "Why do you want to know the truth?" Which I thought is like, um, kind of, I'm an interesting part of the story is like Enoch's like, "Show me what's happening. Show me the truth." And then they show him a vision, and they're like, "But why do you want to know?" Mm-hmm. and um they ask him that a lot like over each time an angel comes to him um and then takes him on this vision they're like but why do you want to know this and it's like maybe or you know maybe that curiosity that we have within us like they already know like you can't understand this so why do you even want to know right that's a good point you just reminded me of um did you ever see the fourth indiana jones Probably. I mean, Kate Blanchett and she wants to know all the mysteries of the universe. And that's why they're like trying to get all of these alien crystal skulls together (laughs) so that the crystal skulls can show her the the mysteries of the universe. And she finally gets the the council of aliens together and they wake up and she's like, I want to know everything. And they're like, okay. And they download her brain and her head explodes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I felt like that before. Like, I don't want to know anything else. I used to be like that. Like, I want to know everything. And then I learned a bunch of stuff. I'm like, I don't want to know. 
Yeah. It kind of like makes you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when you really learn the truth about like angels and demons and mind control and trauma and what's really happening. And you're like, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I can never look at something normal ever again, ever. Yeah. Nothing. I blew up my brain ever. Like the news, uh, a movie, like everything's like through a different lens forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. I just bought the book and we'll have to um, do a show about it in the near future. Fritz Springmeier, How to Create Your um, Undetectable Mind Control Slave. Have you read that one? Oh, no. Nope. Okay. So we're going to do that this season. <laughs> how to Create Your Undetectable Mind how Control to create, Slave. How the Illuminati it's got the longest title it's like how the illuminati creates the undetectable mind control slave or something like that so i read i read these two volumes like maybe like 15 years ago and that will totally that book is like the they live glasses okay you know you read that and you put on the glasses and you just see the world exactly for what it is yeah we'll get to that so enoch what are we at 20 chapter 24 now He's flying around. He's seeing the underworld. He sees Sheol with the, the spirits of the dead men. He sees the tree of life. He mm-hmm. sees Jerusalem in Middle Earth. Um, <laughs> there's a holy mountainscape and a cursed valley. He sees some super nice trees and the tree of knowledge and some cool creatures. So he's just floating around, learning stuff he goes north south east west and sees where the storms are born he also in chapter 26 and i went from thence to the middle of the earth Mm -hmm. what middle earth is real i know (laughs) and i saw a blessed place in which there were trees with branches abiding and blooming of a dismembered tree but i mean i did hollow earth theory for a really long time i think there's something up with the middle of the earth something's going on i don't think it's flat i think it's hollow and i think there's something going on and i think the poles like the north and south poles are the entryways into i do okay yeah and i do think like it's a portal you know or um yeah we'll have to we'll have to talk about that because i have a lot of like Admiral Bird, do you remember that book? It's like maybe Journey to Hollow Earth. Okay, I've definitely read this. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Hollow Earth theory. I mean, I was already into World War II and blah 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 blah. But when that, I was like twenty six, and I was like, "Whoa, this is fun. Let's go here." Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I read this and he talks about the Middle Earth, I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like. Definitely something's up here. Mm -hmm. So that's the first third of it, the Book of the Watchers. And then it Mm -hmm. gets into chapter 37 is the parables of Enoch. And there's like three parables that he tells. And this is the first time where you hear about the Lord of Spirits. Mm -hmm. And so you've been listening to that show. Yep. Is the Lord of Spirits, do they say that that's supposed to be Christ or something else? Um, well, they actually do a, an, a show on why they named it the Lord of Spirits. 
because everyone's like, where did the name come from? And they're like, oh, we actually give it credit from the Book of Enoch. Um, And so I think I listened to that maybe like a year and a half ago um, on the explanation of why they chose this name. But Mm -hmm. it was really... Um, I think that's honestly why I was like, I'm going to go get the book of Enoch and actually read it so I can understand like what they're talking about and why they named their podcast Lord of Spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it is based around, you know, Christ and being the Lord of, of all creation. And so um, I think it's, I don't know much more. I can't talk about it because I don't know enough. Yeah, I was just getting confused because they also see the Ancient of Days with white hair and that's separate Mm -hmm. from the Lord of Spirits. So I don't know. Yeah, and then then in 39, it says, and their lips extol the name of the Lord of Spirits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's all through here. It's a million times. That must be Jesus. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I saw his dwelling place under the wings of the Lord of Spirit, uh, spirits. Um, and mercy shall not be accorded to them, saith the Lord of Spirits. And in those days, Enoch res- received the books of zeal and raft and the books of disquiet and ex- expulsion. And mercy shall not be accorded to them, saith the Lord of Spirits. And in those days, a world when when carried me off from the earth and set me down at the end of the heavens. So yeah, that's definitely Christ. Okay. So this these parables, the first one is about the judgment of the wicked. Um, they will not be able to behold or withstand the light of God. Just kind of like the watchers in the beginning, they mm-hmm. couldn't look at God either. Um, and then it talks about the righteous will come back to earth to live with men again after judgment day. Um, He sees the abode of the righteous. He sees the four archangels and they tell him some astronomical secrets. He sees the mansions of the holy, the weights and balances of the deeds of men on judgment day. So he's seeing like all of the inner workings of how they collect information about mankind to see if they're righteous or wicked. So there is Mm -hmm. something being measured of our lives right now. And that's an interesting thing to think about. It is. Yeah. It's like taking it into account. Yeah. Yeah. So there are more than 200 watchers that fell. So there are more watchers watching what we're doing. And not only that, Paul talks about the cloud of witnesses that are watching us run this race on earth to salvation. So all of these beings are tuning in to earth and they know what's going on and they're all around us watching us. You think it's like the Olympics? I do. I think earth <laughs> is like the best TV show, you know, like that everybody is watching just sometimes rooting for their favorites and they have their you know we all have our patron saints so they're rooting for us personally i do think that if when i do something really stupid or funny and nobody sees it i literally think about like my angels and i'm like you guys saw that right like (laughs) yeah or like i feel so dumb i can't believe i did that yeah i always feel like i have an audience a hundred percent yeah you do yeah 
and when you're received in the church, you um, officially get a guardian angel assigned to you. So they'll be with you all the time. Do you have a, already. I feel like I have an angel. You probably do. Yeah. Because you yeah. were like raised in church and you have people paying for you. Yeah. I've had, um, I've always had a very deep connection with what I feel like is an angel since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but maybe I'll get an extra angel. Mm-hmm. Official one. Yeah. An official angel. Yeah. Sometimes I will ask him or her it, you know, to do them. They, yeah, I will like make requests. Like, could you please look after this person for me or at this time or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So then we are up to chapter 45, the fate of the apostates who denied Christ. Um, It says they shall not occupy the new heaven and the new earth. Mm. And then he sees the ancient of days with white hair. He sees the judgment of kings and says that the last shall be first and the first last and the victory of the righteous. So Everybody that thinks that they are a hot shot on earth <laughs> is going to be last in heaven. And that's part of um, the, not contrary, contra- I'm trying to think of the word. In orthodoxy, like the, the last is first and the first is last. Like the loser is actually the winner. Mm-hmm. I was... Um- Went and saw that movie, Man of God. Have you seen mm-hmm. that yet? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so good. I saw it on Monday night and it were like, I've been contemplating it, just thinking about it a lot and uh, how the saints, um, all of the things that happened to him, he was literally like last place priest in uh, that time. Uh-huh. And I, it, I mean, it's just the true story of like the last will be first. That made me think of, I should have brought this up last week if I had thought of it, but the Beatitudes. Oh yeah. Okay. So the, we sing those every Sunday in liturgy and Beatitudes just means beautiful. So I, I, I wish I had to put it in the beauty uh, episode, Oh yeah. but so the beautiful ones, basically he's talking about who are beautiful people and it's the poor, the sad the downtrodden, um, the the peacemakers, um, the people who are reviled for Christ's sake, you know, blessed are these people who are the losers on earth right now. And they're the Mm. sad ones and the mournful ones and the poor, but they will be first in the kingdom of heaven. So this Mm. is what Enoch is talking about right now. The Kings are last in the um, people who didn't have anything are first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the victory of the righteous it's called. So then he sees the resurrection. As humans we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Correction of the dead. He sees seven metal mountains made of iron, copper, silver, gold, soft metal, lead, and tin. So that must have been a sight to behold. Giant golden mountain. Yeah. I don't know if that's a metaphor for something or what. Well, Enoch asks... He says, and I asked the angel who went with me saying, what are these things which I have seen in secret, which is literally the mount, it's literally the verse right after the mountains are shown to him. Mm -hmm. And the angel says, all these things which thou hast seen shall shall serve the dominion of his anointed that he may be potent and mighty on earth. Well, that doesn't tell me anything about metal mountains, but (laughs) you know, it's like, okay. Golden mountain. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really doesn't like give an answer at all, ever. I watched a lot of YouTubes um, from scholars, kind of like just like 10 minute here and there. And this is such a deep study that you can, you know, write entire books and papers just on. Yeah, it's little fascinating. Of this book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is pretty crazy. Um, After the mountains, he sees the valley of judgment where the angels of punishment are waiting and preparing all of the instruments of Satan to torture the kings and mighty of the earth. So I just got this picture of like, do you remember in Lord of the Rings where the the orcs or whatever, those guys are like hammering all of their Uh words and it just looks like nasty and dark and yeah yeah so that's the scene that i got when i read this passage so there's actually like ghoulies making instruments of torture for wicked people you think tolkien just read this book and then created lord of the rings i think probably (laughs) he took a lot of because middle earth right yeah Um, yeah i feel like we just discovered something here. Yeah. And uh, maybe Sauron. And the four angels are like the four, like you've got like the the good, like Gandalf, you know? Uh-huh. Um, is Gandalf Harry Potter? No, Gandalf. Okay. Is- <laughs> I get the two. Um, That's computer- Dumbledore. D- okay. Yeah. So Gandalf, and then you've got the the guy with the bird's nest, and then you have the... 
the elfins, you know? Mm-hmm. So these are all like angelic figures. Yeah, probably. I think And so I think because- there's four, but one of them went wrong, you know, like went bad and left yeah. Gandalf on top of the tower. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were in a writing club together and they were good yeah. friends. What was that writing club? It has a name. Inklings? Yes. But yeah. And I've always wanted to go to that bar where like they sat and they uh-huh. have like a plaque. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to order a beer at this like table one day. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Probably by Oxford, right? That's where they went. We should do it and do a podcast from there. Okay. Esoteric adventure. Yep. To England. To the Inklings. Okay. So, okay. So there's, they're making all of these torture instruments for the wicked and then he sees them making these giant chains for azazel and azazel squad for leading the dwellers of the earth astray he also sees the flood and more angels of punishment so now we are at chapter 58 um, he talks about the blessedness of the saints. They show him the secrets of thunder and lightning. Um, they talk about on the day of punishment, two monsters were parted. Leviathan, which was a female, is to I didn't guard, know that. Yeah, to guard the abyss in the ocean. So there's some things trapped down in the ocean. Mm-hmm. The abyss, and there's a giant leviathan guarding the portal. Yikes! And then a behemoth, which is a male, was sent to the wilderness near the Garden of Eden to guard that place. Hmm. And I feel like the Garden of Eden is also in a different dimension too. Mm, so we've got two different places that are being like guarded. Mm-hmm. Like the portal is shut now, the gate. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. the gate, yeah. And so like when he says they placed an angel with a flaming sword in front of the, the gate to the Garden of Eden or the entrance, like you said, it could, yeah, be the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> then we talk about the wicked are shamed to dwell together with the righteous <clears throat> and the repentance of kings and mighty ones is to no avail. So after you die, that's it. You cannot, your test is over, I guess. I mean, I think we were given a lot of time here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think you get a lot of chances to repent. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And then chapter 64, he sees a place of punishment for fallen angels, um, which is more like lakes of fire and nasty orcs torturing you for eternity. Yep. (laughs) Right? Yep. That would be so gross. I know. Those things scared me so much when I saw Lord of the Rings the first time. They did a good job making those things scary. Yeah. Like when it first came out, because Mm -hmm. CGI like was so new. And yes. so I remember watching it in the theater and like, I can't watch scary movies. I know you and Jay watch scary movies all the time. I cannot do it. And that was too scary for me. I was really? like, oh, I can't watch that. They were scary. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
Noah and Enoch are talking about God's judgment of the flood because humanity had learned things it was not ready for. So that's what we managed or we were talking about a couple minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Um, They learned the violence of the Satans, it says, secret powers, sorcery, witchcraft, and molten images. So Mm. all of these things that it's like teaching kids about sex or something like you you're not supposed they're not ready right and that's why it's it's such a political later but yeah yeah like and not to like change subjects but that's what they're trying to do right now with children in public education is present wisdom or Mm -hmm. knowledge to persons who are not ready for it yes exactly it is evil yeah it's of the fallen angels yeah same spirit yep so Noah and Enoch are talking and this they say Noah will be spared and he will multiply and then the archangels Michael and Raphael are having a conversation and they're discussing the severity of the judgment of the fallen ones and they're kind of like, yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you can see that passage right now, but <clears throat> they're pretty no. much reveling at the severity of the judgment. Okay. And then chapter 69, it goes into the names and functions of the fallen angels who led men astray. There's one called Gadrael, who showed men all the blows of death and weapons. Um, others taught secrets of writing and language. So apparently humans were not supposed to know that yet. That's chapter 69, if you wanted to. And again, it's not wrong to write things today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Different time. Yeah. Oh, and then one angel taught the unaliving of babies in the womb. Oh, wow. And they called it the smitings of embryos. So that oh, okay. Where are we? Are we still in 69? We are oh, we are 69, 69 yeah. verse 12. Yeah. The smiting that? of embryo in the wound mm-hmm. that it may pass and the smiting of the soul that bites at the serpent and the smiting which befall through the noontime heat. Yeah. Okay. But yes. Wow. And then after that, Enoch is taken to heaven on the chariots of the spirit, which in Jewish lore, they call that the Merkabah. Does it not talk about the Merkabah in this this book, though? No, not that I know. Okay. It just says chariot. Okay. I have heard, um, Cause you know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of woo woo, um, things about the Merkaba, but then, um, like the Merkaba is like, in like you said, in Jewish text, it's, it's a vehicle. So mm-hmm. I don't think it says woo woo in Christian. Like if you're approaching it with like sound mind, it's not as crazy as like the only time, again, the only time I was ever exposed to the, that word was in new age when you're like channeling people and you're trying to like become a, bo- a wheel of light yourself and mm-hmm. that's your Merkaba body, you know? I have a painting that I did of a Merkaba back in the day. Um, 
basically just a, a three-dimensional hexagram, mm-hmm. right? Um, it could, it's, it's also platonic solid, so it could be a real thing. I think it, you know, it like- A real vehicle, maybe that's how you go through portals. I don't know, but I do know that, oh, look at my cat. I do know that there's something to do like with that, the heart, you know, the heart goes around us like an apple, you know, uh-huh. and it's an energy field. Um, but I also know that, you know, uh, like, you know, Drew Velo Malkizadak, he saw that book. Um, mm-hmm. He goes really deep into like Merkaba and the heart and, you know, half of it's really new age, but some of it I'm like, okay, like I, I kind of see what he's saying. Like I've not read it in the last couple of years. If I read it, reread it again with a, a new way of looking at it, I might be like, oh, I don't know. But I do believe that there is a, a Merkaba, like, um, A chariot, mm-hmm. yeah. A vehicle, yeah. A vehicle, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really like sacred geometry because I don't think it contradicts the Bible at all. Maybe the extension of logic of some of the things, but definitely like phi ratio and pi and all of these mathematical mysteries, the flower of life, um, the dividing of cells, all of the sh- the the perfect geometry of the world. I think that's more of a testimony to a creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's, um, I don't want to have any unorthodox opinions, um, mm-hmm. but I like geometry. I like the the mathematics and the, all that, the flower of life. Yeah. And I, I, I think it shows um, the complexity and also the perfection in creation. Mm-hmm. The, um, unordered perfection of creation. It's just, it, it just unravels and it's, it's just done. It's like, it's beautiful. And it's to me looking at like the Fibonacci sequence, it's like, it actually installs a faith in God for me of like, Oh, I don't have to worry. Cause it's God's figured it out. And he's already, mm-hmm. it's art. The creation is made and it will unravel the way it's supposed to. That's a good way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the second part of the book. And now we are in the third uh, and final part. And this is the course of the heavenly luminaries. So he's all, this is chapter uh, after 71, I think. Yep, chapter 72. Um, the sun, the moon, and their phases. He talks about the lunar year, the winds, the four quarters of the earth. Um, he talks about the perversion of nature and the heavenly bodies due to the sin of men. So mm. the fall of man, it says the entire creation groaned because of Adam's sin. So there's some cosmic cataclysmic event that brought down all of creation when Mm. they send in the garden and it affected all of the planets and the stars. And so that's what we were talking about in astrology and astronomy. Um, 
I just think that's really crazy to think about that we have this type of sway over gigantic things like a planet, you know, like a Jupiter mm -hmm. or Saturn or all of these heavenly bodies are um, affected by what we do. Mm. So then they go into Enoch's vision of the deluge. Um, he he writes a petition to God to spare someone. So this is kind of going back and um, recapping all of the things that we just talked about. Yeah. It does uh, get a little in over my head, I remember, because it's trying to... <clears throat> it's chapter 74, mm -hmm. and it's uh, literally giving... Uh, a lot of numbers around the the sun and the moon and mm -hmm. it's almost like why is this in here like it's almost to the a next degree for me like i just don't understand it but it's it's interesting that it's in here but it's like wow why yeah honestly i kind of just um scanned those first parts because like you said there's a lot of text in there about their yeah, it's like every, it's it's kind of crazy. Like in five years, six days, every year come to 30 days and the the moon falls behind the sun and the stars and the number of 30 days. And it's like, yeah, there's this idea that this is how months were created and how time was created and um, out of this kind of like equation that was given to us. And it even talks about where the wind comes from. Yeah, I forgot about that and the storms and there are good storms and bad storms. Yes. Oh, I forgot that that was in here. I'm going to have to reread this book. Yeah. And then he gets into um, the demoralization of men told with animal characters. I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, the last part is like Israel is referred to as sheep. And so he tells the story of, well, he tells the story of Lucifer's fall from heaven and he becomes a white bull. Mm -hmm. And the Israelites are the sheep. He talks about Exodus, judges, the building of the temple, the two kingdoms, the destruction of Jerusalem, Cyrus, Alexander the Great, the Maccabean revolt, and the last judgment. And all of these are told with animal characters. So it's kind of like animal farm or something you know <laughs> <laughs> new testament for kids i love it though i mean the book is i i do think it you know like not to go back to like this there's good storms and there's bad storms but it's like really makes you stop and pause around like were the native americans when they could feel the spirit of like the storms or the spirit of an animal were they really tapping into something maybe mm -hmm. um and they didn't know that it was maybe good or evil they were just like feeling through because they were so connected with earth you know right i don't know like it makes me wonder like maybe a lot of the things we dismiss from ancient you know other ancient cultures or you know um ways of life like they weren't completely dumb to things, you oh, know? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they used um, 
animals to tell a parable or something, it doesn't mean that it's fantastical. It's just mm-hmm. a metaphor, you know? Yeah. They're anthropomorphizing things. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in astronomy, the sun, the moon, and its phases, um, the lunar year talks about 12 winds, um, the four quarters of the world, seven mountains, seven rivers, and the waxing and waning of the moon. It's all in here. And then the very last part is called the apocalypse of weeks. And this is super interesting. And this is why I think the book of Enoch is used um, as like a Jewish apocrypha, an apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Um, So apparently Enoch has divided the world into what he calls weeks, which are 700 year periods starting at the beginning of time until the year 3075 AD. Okay. So year zero, um, is also there's this calendar called the anno mundi calendar have you ever heard of that no so anno mundi starts at zero and ends at seven thousand according to enoch and we are in week nine of his 10 week cycle of, of the entire creation where are you right now apocalypse of weeks Okay, I'm just. Um, let's see. I would love to be able to like make notes. Um, it might be okay, chapter. So I'm on. Okay, it starts. Uh, these chapters are in Roman numerals. Dang it. <laughs> what is X C I I I? Hold on. That's where the book of weeks starts. X C I I I. Yeah. I'm gonna Google that because <laughs> I know X is. I don't know what C is. Is that like? He's a hundred, I think. So we're at ninety. Ninety three. Ninety three. Ninety three. Okay. Does it say <laughs> apocalypse of weeks? No, it just like continues on like this is after that Enoch both gave and began to recount from the books and he is giving a history of the world the entire world okay yeah um okay so we're in week nine week nine is 1675 to 2375 AD. That's this week nine that we're in. Wow. And 20, is the exact middle of week nine. So we are three years away from- The middle of week nine. Wow, yeah. that's fascinating. Of a 10 okay. week cycle. So it's almost over. Like history has- come and we only have until 3075 AD according to this okay um yeah week nine where the 
righteous judgments shall be revealed and the works of the godless shall vanish from the earth. Okay. So this is supposed to happen in our cycle. And then week 10 is the eternal judgment and the new heaven and the new earth. And that starts in 2375 and goes to 3075 AD. And these are written, I learned a new word, in a chiastic structure. Have you ever heard that before? No. So a chiastic structure is like, let's say you have one through 10. Um, one would match 10, two would match nine, three would okay. match eight, four would match seven, like that, right? Okay, got it. So week nine matches week two, and week two is when the deluge happened according and to what? the book of Enoch the, the flood of Noah on his timeline I'm just did you find this somewhere because I'm not tracking like I just want to like um I found the the weeks thing um I just like watched a YouTube about explaining okay. what it's about Got it. it okay. Say anything like that in here? It's just okay. giving what I'm happens. like. I'm not seeing it in here. Where yeah. are you? Okay. So the chiastic structure means that week nine mirrors week two, right? And week two in Enoch's timeline was when the fallen angels and the deluge and all of that happened because of genetic wow. engineering. Oh, wow. And Here we that's go. what's happening right now. It is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if two mirrors nine, there's going to be, in week two, something happens to quell the evil because of the genetic experimentation could also happen in our time because of the same reason. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. That's okay. fascinating. Um, one last point, and then we are all done with my notes. The middle between weeks five and six on Enoch's timeline is where Christ came. So he is the center of all time and space. Is of right. course he is. Yes. So everything points back to coming of Christ. Which, what was um, the way in the early church, the early church, early Christians called being a Christian just the way, mm -hmm. which is um, what Tao uh actually called itself is like it's the way it's mm -hmm. the middle path the path the road the way yeah mm -hmm. and that that's what they say um on the camino too like in spain when you walk that camino de santiago is like the way to mm. the road to the church oh that's so cool yeah wow that's really neat i love that about the weeks yeah, so I didn't know anything about that. I never even heard of Anno Mundi, but I have heard of Anno Lucius, which is a Masonic way of keeping time. Anno Mundi. Anno Mundi, yeah. So in the Book of Enoch, uh, 7,000 is the last year. Oh, wow. And it's divided up into 10 weeks of 700 years. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, so does that bring us to the end? Yeah, that is the end of time, the beginning of time, yeah. the middle of time. We are on the countdown. 
there's not a lot of time left before if week nine is going to be like week two, there's going to be an event that will quell evil so that the righteous can have a chance on earth. I mean, it feels that way. It like, feel like that. I was speaking to a friend earlier and about like how hopeless I feel like a lot of people are right now, just because they don't know what's happening to the currency system or war or, you know, where am I going to be in five years or 10 years? And it's like this lack of hope. And I think we're just so fortunate to have hope that transcends this physical reality and that we can think that way at all times. Mm -hmm. I think that the explosion of the Orthodox Church in America is some kind of encouraging signpost that, you know, it's not over yet and that we still, mm -hmm. the victorious, I mean, the righteous will be victorious, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. Well, I'm glad we... Uh, talked about this book I, I i find it it's near and dear to my heart I re, i've really learned a lot out of it and i i kind of love it so yeah it was a lot more interesting than i didn't really know very much about it going in the only thing i knew was that it kind of fleshed out uh the fallen angels story mm -hmm. but there's so many books that have been spin off of that like you said keys of enoch book of enoch um, here's one, Fallen Angels and the Origins of Evil by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. That's kind of a new agey book, but the first one, it just has a lot of um, <clears throat> historical things that go along with Enoch and everything. But yes, I hope you all enjoyed our uh, mystical journey <laughs> heaven and hell and underworld and the outer world and middle earth. Middle earth. Sheol and the hollow earth. Yes. All of the earths um next week we will be talking about science and the cult of scientism and the top 10 most evil science experiments that have been put on humanity are you ready for that i say it with a smile like oh i um i'm excited to shed some light on the things that humans can do to each other I am so sick of people saying, follow the science. So we are going to follow the science right to HP double <laughs> hockey sticks. Yep. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed tonight. And I am Jamie and this is Kristen and this is out of this world. Thank you right. so much. Okay, bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.